You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Let's do this, Don Callahan. Welcome in to Noon Dish. It is Wednesday, our regularly scheduled Wednesday at noon. That's the legendary Don Callahan right there, sliding in under the gun. I mean, yeah, I had to get a get a little uh, walk in. Got four mile walk in. You did know. you really? I did the I same did. thing this morning. And then I um, had to grab breakfast, take a shower, and so while you were texting me, I was I was literally in the shower. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm on time. Yeah, I it definitely made it a little scary, but I'm on time. Well, I was starting to hope that you did not like pass out on your walk. So I, uh, while <laughs> we let folks, close to that. yeah, while we let folks trickle in here, um, on Wednesday and appreciate everybody joining us. Of course, we're sponsored by Johnny t-shirt and Johnny t-shirt.com rate review. If you have not liked this show on YouTube, please smash that like and do all that stuff. It helps us out and leave us a review, um, either on the message boards or on the inside Carolina podcast, uh, feeds or whatever just a note for some folks that may have not been with us last night um producer and the man john siegley will drop the audio um, from last night's show after this show is over so if you're listening on the uh, itunes or however you get your podcast feed the audio version the audio from that show will be on that feed as well so check us out i guess the stream has started so i can turn that banner off and uh, so where do you walk, just out of curiosity? I just walk. Um, so we have my neighborhood, and, and then they built a new one that they're still building into. And then there's, if you go across the, I guess, main road, there's another neighborhood that they're, they've been building into. So I just kind of walk through all of those and just try different ways so I can get maximum out. You know, in my head, I'm always, well, I look at my, my steps for the day. And then kind of think, okay, what am I going to be doing today? If it's nothing, then I need to get, you know, that dictates how far I'm going to go so that I make sure I get my 9,500 steps for the day. So like today I'm like, man, I'm not going to, I'm not really going to do a whole lot as far as like walking around or doing anything as right now. So I had to get a lot of steps. That's why I did the four miles. Nice. Well, I got a, I got 4.28 this morning. I go down to the, I go to the Noose River Parkway. Okay. I walk in the neighborhood a lot. It's really hilly out here, but I go to the Noose River Parkway. How big is your neighborhood? Uh, if I walked every street, not including the cul-de-sacs and there's some monster hills in here, I could probably get seven miles. Oh, wow. Yours is pretty big. Yeah. And it is, it's grown a lot. And like I said, the hills are brutal. My normal 
Um, I have multiple. I have short, medium, and long, and then I have super long. That's it. That's I, kind of how I am. Yeah. Yeah, and so I, I I like going to the parkway to get a little flatter walk and a little more scenic walk, and yeah. um, see a few Joe No Shoulders we, or Danger Noodles or whatever. <laughs> Before we get into a whole lot, we got a our, our MVP from I guess two weeks ago. Yes, was, MVP uh, was Walter Horns. Walter Horns, UNC eight two. Nine four is Walter in here? Can you see if Walter's in here? I can't see who is here. I know we have almost fifty in here already. So um, yeah, and Walter—that's the first time I can remember him being in the um, in the chat. So um, hopefully he decided to return, but he was very active last time, so he was our MVP. So Walter, when you're in, please uh, say hello so we can. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Let us know. Also, top five at the end of the show today would be top five fast food restaurants or chains, and the requirement is it must have a drive-through. Yes, and because um, we so can get would... kind of crazy with what is and what isn't if we don't. I think that kind of cuts it. Because here, here's the thing: we we plan on doing this almost every week. We need top top five ideas. So as it's, as much as we can kind of narrow it so we can use it for different things. Because there's some people who want to bring up like five guys. I don't consider that fast food because one, you got to no. wait and there's no drive through. But we can go that route, like expensive burger route at some point or whatever it is. So we want to kind of leave those avenues open for us. That's why when we did the actors, we only stuck to male actors as opposed to actresses, which we got to do at some point too. Yeah, we would certainly do it. And um, I will say this, I added a, a, uh, I had a first, went to Southern California this past week, Okay. hung, hung out in San Diego you go in and, and, out? In L, in LA, and I went to in and out and I must say burger, very good fries, not so good. So I'll give okay. it a smooth four of 10. And I'm a big fry guy. I love, they, they were not good. Okay. So I've never had in and out, but, um, I love fries. That's probably my favorite, most favorite thing. So, yeah, and the burger was pretty good. And, uh, you know, I had Whataburger several years ago when I went to the Grand Canyon, and that was solid all the way around. But, yeah, okay. In and Out, In and Out, a little bit overrated, at least in terms of the fries. And, uh, felt like they were like cardboard, really? Um, yeah, press board type fries. It just weren't very good. I don't know. It might have been okay. that, that specific one. Um, okay. But the burger was pretty good. Anyway, let's get into it. Again, you're listening to The Noon Dish with Don Callahan. Sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt. Check us out on the Tar Pit Premium message boards. Like I've always said, uh, Johnny T-Shirt looks after you if you join. But if you don't want to join for that sweet discount, join for the content. We're going to get into some of it. Don, since we last spoke, and it's been yeah, two so weeks. So when was, when was the date of our last um, podcast? Thursday the 15th. Okay, so since then, and I'm not including last night's commitment from Bryce Baker, UNC's had three commitments. One was kicker Lucas Asada, linebacker, high three-star linebacker Ashton Woods. And then this, well, we actually already talked talked about it. We did a an immediate pod on Zion Ferguson. We did that Monday, right? So he's yep. the other one, four-star, who UNC flipped from LSU. So those were the three that occurred since you and I last met. So tell me about Lucas Asada. It's a kicker, you know, we've seen repeatedly that kickers are important. Carolina yeah. has lost some ball games um, over the last few years because of lack of quality kicking at key moments. Mm -hmm. Masada comes from Woodbury Forest in Virginia, 
195, so a good size guy. What what is why North Carolina for him? Why did North Carolina want him, Don? Yeah, so he's kind of an interesting guy. You know, he actually kind of you literally earned his scholarship at North Carolina. If you've been following my reporting for I guess since January, there were four or five national kickers that UNC had its eye on who had visited North Carolina at least once in some instances twice these were like legit like highly ranked guys and for whatever reason um, well so they wanted to get a lot of those guys to come in for um, a camp in June Uh, I know coach Porter went out and saw some of them kick at their high school during the evaluation period but anyway very early on in June Lucas came out to a camp and um, he actually the specialist camp, which, which is where North Carolina obviously wants most of his kickers to come to, he wasn't able to make that because of some other obligation. So he reached out, said, hey, when can I come? They said, hey, just come to any of the one-day camps. He came to a one-day camp where he was one of three kickers and really impressed the coaching staff so much so that they said, hey, can you come back for another camp and then just kick in front of Mac Brown? And that's what he did. And earned the scholarship offer. I think he earned it on a, on a Wednesday and that following Friday committed to North Carolina. Yeah. So you, you've got him coming in next year. This year you've got Ryan Coe, Noah Burnett, Ryan Coe appears to be the guy um, out of Cincinnati. So Carolina has um, invested scholarships in kickers. Somebody mentioned the Virginia tech game a couple of years ago. Uh, the six overtime game. Yes, that's a game that was lost because of a kick. Ult- well, not ultimately lost, but it certainly contributed it. And we know how that played out um, with Noah Ruggles eventually leaving, going to Ohio State. And we saw how that worked out in on New Year's Eve last He had last a really year. good career at Ohio State, though. He did. Um, you did know, I ever it, tell you about that, that, that specific kick? No, spill it. I was at um, my uncle's house. And they're in Florida, but still it was Jacksonville, Florida. So it was still very, very cold. We were outside. There was a pool and there was literally like a bet on if it's made, if it's not that sort of thing. And I ended up diving into the pool um, because it was missed. (laughs) Well, it was a it's pretty easy kicking extra points. And yes, he he was very good. and, and but kickers are only remembered for the ones they miss, or unless yeah. they kick game winners. And uh, so anyway, that works out that way. Carolina struggled last year against NC State, missed a kick in overtime as well. Um, that was the the final nail in that coffin against North Carolina State. So Lucas Osada from Virginia comes in, like Don said, earned his scholarship offer in front of the head man, and is part of the 2024 class. Don, let's move. A, uh, down the line, and I've got them in order now. I figured out how to order all these things. Ashton Woods, 6210 uh-huh. linebacker, three star, Tommy Thigpen recruit, committed on June 21st. What can you tell us about him if folks have not paid attention to your reporting already? So, this could end up being one of the biggest steals in this class. And the reason why I say that is I'm trying to remember what his dad was telling me. I believe. At, when Ashton actually officially visit North Carolina, this was uh, the f- first weekend, I think, in June. It was one of the first two weekends of June. He actually was 16 years old. He has since turned 17. So you you have high school kids. So, you know, that's that's very young for, for a kid who's going into his 
senior year, he's he's very young for his his grade. You throw in the fact that he's a kid who probably will well he's on track to be the um all-time tackle leader career tackle leader at um walton high school in marietta georgia and that's that greater atlanta area that we talk about a whole lot this is a georgia powerhouse so to to leave there as the career leader in, in tackles is a huge accomplishment He's been a, a starter since his freshman year for the school. This is a big school. This is not a small school. This is a school that you know both Allen brothers went to. A bunch of other top recruits have gone to. So this is a school that produces players to be to start at linebacker for the school is pretty significant. And then you look at just all the things that he's accomplished. I believe he was um, a two-time All-State selection also. Um, and then you throw in the fact that he's probably should be a rising junior, not a rising senior because of his age. And then you kind of start to see just the, the potential for him. I think some of that, I don't think people realize that. I didn't know that until I had the conversation with his father. So I think that some of the evaluators for the 24-7 Sports Rankings Committee was probably unaware of that information. But if you, I think it kind of puts it in a different perspective when you think about the fact that he's doing these things at a younger age than some of the, some of the other people, especially in this day and age where we have people who are classifying, reclassifying so that they can be older than, you know, so they can get that benefit. And this guy is younger, you know, but as far as his actual recruitment, he eventually got it down to North Carolina, Wake Forest and Baylor had official visits to schedule scheduled with all three of those schools. Eventually ended up canceling the official to Wake Forest I think North Carolina was probably the favorite throughout. Um, but I think, you know, there was like just a little bit of a novelty to the, um, you know, the Baylor thing. I mean, it's in Texas, you know, you, 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 he probably doesn't go out there too much, you know. Um, and so he ended up taking that official visit, but really it just wasn't going to be something that was going to be able to pull him from North Carolina. And he actually reached out to UNC pretty quickly after they returned home from that official visit and, and committed to the Tar Heels. Let me ask you this, 6'3", that's a good-sized young man already. Yeah. And you mentioned he's younger. Um, where does he project? I mean, does he project as a linebacker for North Carolina, or has yes. he got room to grow? Yeah, he's definitely a linebacker, and he's like that that tall, long um, linebacker, kind of like a said Gray sort of. Um, you know, rangy sort of guy. He's not that compact um, Mike linebacker guy. He's more of a rangy, can definitely work into coverage. But, you know, as proven by the stats that he's put up at Walton High School, he's definitely a guy who, who piles up the tackles too. Yeah, indeed. And, and we've talked about another fun fact about my trip, Don. Um, okay. The last two nights we stayed in Santa Ana. Um, I found the Airbnb there relatively cheap. Um and I'm driving down the road in Santa Ana and you know, all that stuff's jumbled up together. And we're uh, three blocks from Mater Mater D high school, modern day oh, high school. Day. Yeah. And I just looked and I saw that uh, they're preseason number one in the nation. Yeah. And then and, the quarterbacks uh, that have come out of that school are, is just absolutely ridiculous. I, I know we should have jumped the fence and checked it out while we were over there. But anyway, another fun fact from a hectic and interesting Southern California trip last week. Don, we talked about Zion Ferguson, um, and, and he's a guy that, you know, we've gone over. We did the special show. There'll be more of that for the end of the day, um, or, or there's more out there for you to read that. But just let's hit on him one more time. A four-star okay. 
um, flipped from LSU, some interesting circumstances, but another Georgia guy. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me where North Carolina is. I believe that's 20 recruits or 20 commits on the 2024 class. Where is North yes. Carolina now on the needs remaining in this 2024 class? So the focus really is, you know, they, they would like to get another defensive lineman. Um, they don't have any wide receivers committed and they want four. And if you've been following this, you know that there are five or six on the, on the, on the table right now. One who's going to actually make announcements on Thursday. The others, I believe all of them, except Paler doesn't, Paler's probably the, Paler's the least likely to end up in North Carolina. He's the only one who doesn't have a firm date. As far as I know, the, all the, all the other ones have a date set in July to make their announcement. The other position you talked about Zion Ferguson. You know there are some some defensive backs that North Carolina continues to recruit. There are a couple of spots that they're hoping to fill, and that really is it. Yeah, I mean that's 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 basically everything. You know, and all of these guys are going to have their decision made by the end of July, and so barring something unforeseen popping up, which is always possible, this is going to be the class that North Carolina is going to going to sign in December. So when you look at the numbers Thursday not, as in tomorrow. Yes, Thursday as in tomorrow. When you look at the numbers, twenty commits right now. I mean, the traditional number everybody hears is twenty-five. Um, with the portal and all of that, it's crazy how everything works. How many could North Carolina conceivably sign in this twenty twenty four class? And of course some will come early and all that good stuff and the numbers always work out. But what numbers wise, what are you looking at? I mean I don't know. It's hard for me to pin down exactly how many North Carolina could sign without kind of diving deep into it. And yeah, as you, as you mentioned, there's ways to backtrack and all that, uh, you know, they're going to, it's going to be over 25. It's not going to be over 30. I think in my mock class, I had either, I think I had 27. So somewhere in that ballpark, you know, and you know, they can go over the 25. They have that waiver right now for, um, I believe it depends on how many players you lost in the transfer portal and all that. And so obviously UNC lost a lot. So, so that's not going to be an issue for them. So as far as what we're looking at, we're looking at something that's going to be between 25 and 30, probably right there in the middle, closer to 25 though. So you got, uh, I mean, sort of explain to people, 85 has always been the limit. Yes. And 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 they've been, They've been wiggling that limit because of COVID and all that stuff. And well, it's always stayed. Well, they've always stuck with the eighty-five. What they've wiggled with is the twenty-five. The initial counters. Yes. Yeah. Got it. So the twenty twenty-four class should be wrapped. Anything else that North Carolina or that North Carolina fans need to pay attention to? Don's mock class two is up, Um, and it's interesting the quality of the picks you make. Uh, and, and I'm not trying to blow smoke up your rear end, but you usually get it pretty good. And this is fascinating, the solid work you do here. Beyond what's on this board, and I'm not going to give it away because folks need to go take, check it out. Beyond what's on this board, are there any other names or any other um, folks that could pop up and be available recruit-wise? Or do you think North Carolina is pretty set on their board right now? Well, if – the guys, if they didn't officially visit North Carolina in June, there's a, it's it's very unlikely that that UNC is going to be involved with them, you know. So, 
besides the guys that I projected to North Carolina in the mock class, there's always Kaj Sanders is probably the most likely. You know, he's basically down to North Carolina and Rutgers. He's a New, Jer- New Jersey kid. And, you know, there's other elements involved like NIL and all that um, with him. Um, and then there's, there's, um, I'm going blank on his name now. Um, the heat's getting to you. The, the, yeah. The D lineman from um, Washington, D.C., DeAndre Cook. He officially visited earlier in the month. He's announcing on Saturday. I, I don't, I don't, I mean, USC is a finalist. I don't feel like UNC, unless some things kind of fell apart with some of the other schools that are higher than higher on his list, I think North Carolina is probably not going to be the option there. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's really not a whole lot of guys left, to be completely honest. I mean, because or those KJ Duff who's announcing between North Carolina Rutgers on Thursday, Thursday as in tomorrow, um, and he's, you know, you, we kind of touched on that in the mock class. I mean, he's definitely someone who could potentially commit to North Carolina, but um, you know, the, I think the proximity family ends up being a bigger factor for him than what he initially believed. Um, so there's definitely some, still some names to kind of monitor. And if anything changes, we'll definitely, we'll definitely make sure people are the first to know on the inside Carolina message board. So needs wise, and I'm asking tough questions and, and Don and I don't plan this. So <laughs> when he nails the question, it's because he's just good at it. Needs wise, Carolina has, or should by the end of the summer have fulfilled all the needs in the class um, by then. I think so. Um, it, if some things you, it could get tricky with wide receiver, you know, so there, there is, so so let me just, since that's kind of like a big topic. So um, we have the, the the six that are on board, on the board are Javaris Green, who's from uh, Crest High School in Shelby, which is somewhat outside of Charlotte on the way to South Carolina down 85. Keenan Jackson, just outside of Charlotte, wide receiver from um, Weddington High School. Jonathan Paler, who I touched on from Burlington Cummings High School. Jordan Ship, wide receiver from Charlotte, Providence Day. Um, Braylon Staley, track guy from South Carolina, and then Alex Taylor uh, from um, Greensboro, Grimsley High School. Those are the six, right? So if we look at this, I don't consider any of them an absolute slam dunk for North Carolina. I think there are a couple in there that that um, UNC, obviously, if you're if you were putting odds on them. North Carolina would have very high odds, you know, such as Javaris Green and and Keenan Jackson. You know, Paler seems like he's heading to South Carolina. He's been very clear about that throughout. Jordan Ship, I think, you know, it's going to be a battle with Michigan. You know, two of his teammates are committed to Michigan. So that's kind of – that's going to be a battle, you know. Um, and, and Michigan does really well from a recruiting standpoint. Now, how much does the proximity of family matter, you know um, – Probably not as much as you would think, just because of the fact that you know he goes to Providence Day School, and you know he has teammates there, carpool, you know, kind of help each other out, sort of thing. Um, you know, Braylon Staley. I mean, it's going to be a battle. You know, Tennessee's involved, Miami's involved. Those schools definitely want him, so that's going to be a battle. And with Alex Taylor, we've talked about a bunch. You know, the Clemson factor. 
you know, how much, you know, I asked him flat out, just, you know, has Clemson told you that they're full? And he said, no, they have not. They told me I have a spot. I think that's pretty significant. Now, if, if you follow this up closely, you know Clemson only wanted two wide receivers. They picked up two very, very highly ranked wide receivers very early in this month. But they told Braylon Staley, hey, we're full. We can't take you. But they haven't had the same conversation with Alex Taylor. And that that definitely, you know, things that make you say, hmm. And the fact that Taylor is waiting until July 29th, which is over a month away, that's an eternity in recruiting. So, you know, the way I view that is that Clemson views, they're full at receiver, but Clemson views Taylor as a potential oversigned target. What I mean, what I mean by oversign, Clemson's very unique in how they do things. They're, if they need two wide receivers, they take two wide receivers and that's it. And they kind of just keep on going. Whatever they need for each position, they take and that's it. When they start to get towards the end and they say, okay, and I'm just saying hypothetical because I don't follow their recruiting that closely. Let's say hypothetically they want five offensive linemen and they only get four. And now they're like, and, and they're like, well, we can reach for a fifth if we want to, or we can just hold it and use it, use it on a quote unquote oversign candidate. And that could be a situation where maybe Alex Taylor comes back into play for Clemson. So, but I think if not Clemson, I think, North Carolina, that's that's my that's just from what I've I guess pieced together, but I wouldn't rule out NC State. You know, I think that his teammate uh, Terrell Anderson is going to end up in NC State, and that obviously would only help NC State recruit him. Do I think it's enough? No, but would it shock me? No. Um, so so yeah, so so I think that's kind of where we're at with all of these um, all these receivers. How big a deal is it? Um, you mentioned several things. You mentioned family closeness. You mentioned friends going. How big a deal? Um, and I, I know your answer already. It's case by case. But if you had to sort of put it in order, is family more important to be close to your family? Or do, do kids like having somebody they're familiar with, say a classmate or a uh, teammate going to a certain school where, where do those kind of shake out as far as aiding the recruiting process before i get to your question there's a couple questions here so um someone asked if staley's listing south carolina south carolina is not a finalist for for braylon staley it, it's is the final three are tennessee miami north carolina that's who he's going to choose from uh matt if you want to highlight matt bun no this is the it, I mean, it's not going to come into play. I mean, you could use this. This, this is always broad. It's, this is one of those arguments that when it helps, when it helps North Carolina, for I'm talking about fans, they bring it up when it helps North Carolina. But when it doesn't, you know, no one brings it up w with the running backs, like the running backs North Carolina was pursuing. UNC's running back depth chart was full, but I never saw a poster on Inside Carolina say, "Well, why would this kid want to come here? He's not going to get playing time." So yeah. this is one of those things that just you kind of use it for whenever it works for you, kids. Does it, does it factor? I mean, it has some degree of, of impacting things, but really it's very, very, very small. Wide receiver, I would say, probably out of all positions, is the least worrisome because teams are throwing out you know three, four, five receiver sets, and, and they rotate them like crazy. I mean, there's some teams that you, know, you run 
a couple of routes, you come off, someone else comes in. So it's really the whole playing time with wide receivers is not going to be a factor. And for a kid like Alex Taylor, you know, he's a very confident kid. He's not going, that's not going to prevent him from going to a school, whether it's North Carolina or Clemson. And then um, the one other question. Um, yeah. The best one in my estimation. So I'm a huge Jordan ship fan. You know, go watch. If you haven't had a chance, Jalen, um, our um, video guy, put up video from his um, from the seven on seven last week of Jordan Ship, and I mean, he's just one of those guys that's just so super competitive that whatever, like he's not the fastest, he's not the tallest, but whatever those shortcomings are, he makes up for in his intensity and his competitive nature, and I love that. Cause I feel like those are the sort of guys who excel on the next level. So he's my personal favorite. I think if we're going from, we're sticking strictly on evaluations and projections and all that, you got to go with Alex Taylor, you know, just because, you know, he's, he's another, I mean, he's a gamer, um, super explosive, can do a lot of different things. You know, he's more of a, um, a receiver that really, whatever, whatever you want, if you want him to be a, you know, catch screen passes, catch passes underneath. You want him to be a jump ball guy. He can, he can do it all as a wide receiver. Whereas ship is probably more of a possession guy, more of a jump ball guy, more of a deep threat sort of guy. He's not a huge threat after the catch like Alex Taylor is. Yeah. Let me, let me right now, let me take a short break, talk about Johnny t-shirt and we'll get back to the question I asked. I mean, I love how you, no, I love how you take questions from the fans first, because that's the, that's what you're supposed to do. So I appreciate you doing that. Uh, Johnny T-Shirt, JohnnyT-Shirt.com, sponsor of the podcast, sponsors of Inside Carolina. 10% off your order if you're a premium member. So that's worth it. Uh, that's the price of gold right there. Franklin, East Franklin Street or online, take care of them. They've got everything you need. Certainly you can find some hot weather gear out there. You can find any of the sports jerseys. NIL stuff and everything else. I personally am a big sticker guy. I like putting stickers on my coolers. On Johnny T-shirt, got you covered there. They've got Christmas ornaments. They got anything you could possibly want, all the time, right there in store. And they're great to deal with. Great friends of Carolina, alums of Carolina, and they certainly will take care of the inside Carolina fans as well. So take care of them. National guys gonna pay the bills. It's noon dish on Wednesday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible Berry Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, Don, we're back. It's half past the hour, a little bit half past the hour. We got a, a lot of people in here. We need to, 
my challenge to folks listening to this is we want to push this beyond 100 on Wednesdays um, because the content is worth it. Where are we at right now? It's plus 70, 70 plus. And um, so folks come in and out. I know that Wednesdays at lunchtime, you know, is, is a tougher time, but shout out to everybody that's joined us. And I see a lot of new faces and a lot of top five uh, fast food chains with a drive through uh, <laughs> coming in. A lot of the, short- um, I'm going I don't know. Did you did, don't say it? Yeah, well, we'll save it for later. But did you see Preston's? I did, and okay. uh, and he's right. I mean, that that has to be way up there. I just I'm not going to that town without having to. So maybe yeah. maybe we'll have to. Uh, Don, the question I ask is, friends and family. How much do those impact recruits, and which one's the bigger deal? Teammate going somewhere as a quote unquote package deal, or um, parents, mothers, grandmothers can see you play in person. What's the overriding thing there for players? So I think, as you said, case by case. Oh, yeah. Um, so there are definitely ones where it, certain things matter more than most. I think the, really the number one thing overall is proximity. Now, when I say that, I'm talking like there is a reason why schools like North Carolina, for example, Mac Brown always talks about recruiting within the six hour radius. There's a reason for that, because once you get outside of the six hour radius, it becomes increasingly more difficult. You know, North Carolina very rarely gets a kid from California, you know, and it's just because proximity, location, that sort of thing. So I think that's number one. That, that kind of dictates a lot of um, a lot of um, kids decisions. The other thing is and we talked about it a lot is um, you know, the prestige of the school. You know, I mean, when when Alabama offers a kid from North Carolina, you stop and you 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 think about that. You're going to make a visit, especially if Nick Saban calls you and says, hey, I want you to come up here. I want to meet you and that sort of thing. You're going to make that visit. Now, if UAB calls you and says, hey, come on out, are you going to come out? No. You know, now I know that's the kind of extreme sort of situation. Um, but, but yeah, I mean the prestige of the program and there's a lot of things that factor into that, you know, you know, national championships winning. And there are some, we have this conversation on the message boards, you know, believe it or not, Miami among, among recruits still has a high level of prestige, even though they haven't done a whole lot in the past, what, 15 years, more than that. At least. Yeah. 20 years. Yeah. So so, but they still have because of the you and all that sort of stuff, and because of the players they put in the league and and how um, you know boisterous they are, and how they make sure everyone knows that they're, they're, they play at the U and that sort of thing. So that kind of adds to it. So yes, yeah, so you can actually manufacture some of that prestige. You know, there are schools. Colorado, think about this. Colorado has been absolutely terrible, but you add. Deion Sanders as your uh, coach. Now look, they're signing big time recruits, recruits that would never even think, wouldn't even tweet out an offer from Colorado. Now are dry, are flying all the way out to Boulder to go check it out, and because manufacture prestige, because you bring in a coach like Deion Sanders. So I think prestige is probably up there too, and make and a very strong. And and again, it depends on the kid. Now as far as like you know, a teammate going someplace. Package deals are very, very, very rare. Very rare. You know, unless you are like two brothers 
you know, the whole package deal very rarely because everybody has different needs, different ones from a school. Uh, school might not want to take the other guy, that sort of thing. There's so many other factors. But with Michigan, for example, it makes Michigan feel closer knowing you have two teammates that are going to be playing there with you. You know what I mean? And I'm talking about Jordan Ship. So it does, it helps. Is he going to make a life-altering decision off of his two teammates? No, absolutely not. But it will make him feel more comfortable there. It will make his parents feel more comfortable sending him there and because they know that they, they have people to rely on and that sort of thing. So it, in that situation, it's great. Now, with like I brought up the whole Terrell Anderson and um, Alex Taylor, I don't, it, Taylor's going to do his own thing. You know, just when you talk to Taylor and if you bring up anybody else and how it might impact him, he's very adamant. I'm going to do my own thing. And he has done his own thing. You know, I mean, if he was so worried about this, this Clemson opportunity, he would have jumped on on that offer early on. But he didn't because he wanted to. His plan was to take his official visits and good for him, take his official visits and then make a decision on July 29th. And he's going to stick with that. And his I'm putting words in his mouth to a degree. But I think his mentality is, is whatever schools want me on July 29th, those are the schools I'm going to choose from. And if Clemson's not one of them, then so be it. So I don't think a kid with that sort of mentality is going to make a decision to go to a school like NC State because his teammates committed there. But it certainly helps. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't help to a degree where it's going to swing things. No, I think NC State is so far behind the other two that it probably won't. But it, w- but it does help. Yeah, interesting. William Barnes, Ed Montalus. Yeah, that, that that was a unique situation because Ed, I can't remember the actual dynamics, but he basically kind of stayed with with Barnes a lot, you know, um, yeah. and, and his family, um, because I think his family are from Haiti, I believe. And so they they kind of relied on them a lot to kind of help and all that and um yeah i mean and and ed and and i don't i haven't had a conversation with these guys since they were recruits to be honest but they were they were like brothers you know so um that was that situation yeah it, it helps to have some familiarity for sure and, but then there's and, also um, situ- like you met rara and um javari ritzy yeah you know they were teammates and but having been around them a lot they're they're friends, but they hang out with different groups, and they just ended up, you know, landing at the same school. You know what I mean? But they were yeah. completely they were teammates. They were cool with each other, had no problem with each other. But they weren't like they were doing things separately, and they hang they hung out in different different groups at school. Yeah, it's it's interesting, you know. And then you got guys from other states wanting to go to the same place. And Carolina benefited from that from all the Virginia guys a couple of years ago. So, I mean, there's a, so many different dynamics in this recruiting deal. Don, anything left on the 2024 class? Because I do want to talk briefly about the 25, 26. Yeah, I just I just want to. Um, and this is all on the um, the weekly scoop that we posted yesterday which obviously got buried because of all the other crazy stuff. But we have a breakdown uh, or a listing of all the upcoming announcements. I'll just n- uh, name the few that are going to occur before we next we meet next. We talk about so tomorrow, which Thursday tomorrow, KJ Duff, Keenan Jackson, Friday, Braylon Staley, Saturday, DeAndre Cook, 
July 4th, which I believe is Tuesday, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. is uh, Tyshawn White is, is supposed to announce. Um, and so all of these North Carolina is a finalist for. North Carolina is not going to get all of these kids, but definitely something to keep an eye on between now and when we meet again. Yeah, so we'll have plenty to talk about a week from now. Um, let me ask you about that show Showtime camp. Um, okay. Yeah, and that's a good, yeah, good topic. And I'm just curious, and of course, we'll get to the top five after. Um, we we had this discussion, top five fast food restaurants with a drive-through. Um, so kick in your, your suggestions or your, your list on the chat, and we'll post them. Showtime camp invites, Don. How does that work? Just out of curiosity. So, all right. So technically, there there can't be any um, unless they change the rules. I got to give that caveat because NCAA rules change like crazy. But there can't be any like invite only camps for a college camp. So there are ways you get around it. You wait. Like I think there's a certain time frame where you have to make sure that you advertise it on the website and all that sort of stuff. But basically, what happens is one of the things that occurs during the spring evaluation period where all these coaches, for those who don't know, spring evaluation periods, when the coaches can go on the road, go to the high schools, they'll, they'll end up going to six, seven high schools a day, depending on the, on the area and how traffic is and, and that sort of thing and how close everything is. But anyway, they'll go to a bunch of schools, do some evaluations. And there are certain kids who are like, wow, we like his film. Transcripts are good. Like to see him a little bit more. Here's a camp invite. And, for certain guys where they really, really like, they'll say, hey, you know, we want you to go to this Showtime camp because we want you to um, see you against elite competition. And there also was um, North Carolina held two other one-day camps, and there were several who attended those camps who eventually were um, invited to the Showtime camp also. So that's kind of how it goes down in a way. Somebody asked in the chat, is Showtime Matt Bunn again? Matt Bunn's working on um, MVP this week. Showtime Camp, max version of Fedora's Freak Show. Yes. Yes. Just run a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, so it, it was going to change regardless just because of the, the the recruiting calendar. Back when Fedora was doing it, most of North Carolina's top rising senior targets were there. And they were actually really, really fun because it, the competition was 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 awesome. And there was a lot of guys who would participate in the camp who wouldn't typically participate in um, in camps. Now, because you know, rising seniors are using June to take official visits and make decisions, they're not camping. No one's for the most part, no one's camping. I mean, there are exceptions, but for the most part, no one's camping. So it has become more of a um, you know a, a for this class, the 2025s and, and 2026s, the um, in addition to that, even some of the the bigger name guys, um, you know, like David Sanders wasn't going to work out this, even though he said he would have loved to have to go to it, but uh, he had some sort of obligation. His sister was in a basketball tournament that he wanted to go to, but a guy like that typically doesn't work out of that at this. It's usually some guys who still haven't made a name for themselves but definitely have the potential to be really good players. And so, as you saw, I mean, the competition, I mean, there were some, there were some real talent there on Sunday. What were your takeaways? Cause this is the first time that you got a chance to see something like this. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot to take in and, and you know, I, I'll give you your flowers again to be able to cover all of it and to, 
see everything there you know they set it up you got different stations going on you got the one-on-ones with the linemen you got the one-on-ones with the wide receivers and the dbs and all so i I just thought it was interesting how they ran it Um, you can always tell who the big names were there because they had the most attention Mm -hmm. um and and, but watching the guys what i like to see is who's competing and not just in the one-on-ones it's like they had a, a solid stretching session you know, in a warm up session, who's taking that seriously? Yeah. And, and I thought it was interesting, and maybe you saw something different, but they all did. There was yeah. nobody um, goofing off or, or, you know, slacking on that kind of thing. And uh, because everybody's watching, I mean, there's so many eyeballs out there watching. And that's what I've always told people and young athletes and all this is like, you may think they're watching when you're on the field, they're watching every second. And especially for North Carolina now, given how the game has changed, how the, you know, how NIL and recruiting and all has changed. You can't waste um, a scholarship on somebody that's not going to bring it all the time. So that's, that's, that was a big takeaway of mine. Uh, another couple takeaways is Emory Winston was a beast. Yeah. Just sort of explain to folks who he is. Oh man. All right. So he's a uh, tight end, not, not the tallest tight end. So he's more of a, yeah, I made the comparison of like a Kamari Morales sort of guy, you know, but um, real big wingspan, bigger wingspan than you would anticipate from his size. So he has a large catching radius, but uh, loves contact, almost seeks it out. And it's smart. I mean, if you are stronger than who you're going up against, you do kind of want to put a body and kind of dictate the terms and box out and put yourself in the best position to make the catch. And that's what he did in the um in the routes that i saw and and that you saw you pointed out you know he's a he's a national guy you know he has interest from alabama clemson georgia all these schools and we'll have a story up on him next week i believe uh is obviously with you know we had the whole official visit weekend this past weekend so we're still you know rolling out with those those stories and then we have guys committing and, and announcing and all that so we're handling all that stuff so we haven't had a chance to kind of get to the 2025 class but anyway so one of the things he told me is that you know he's going to come out with the top schools list north carolina is definitely going to be on it and he was really it wasn't just because a lot of times you talk to a kid and oh this is a great school you know i like the school he, he seemed he had me convinced that he was really enjoying north carolina really enjoyed his time with freddie kitchens you know having him coach him up and that sort of thing and so i think north carolina really is a a, a threat within, within this recruitment yeah, I mean, when you look at a guy like that, and, and a lot of times in high school recruiting, dudes are just so much bigger and they can dominate and they don't always go all hard all the time because they don't have to. This guy, man, he was the one I saw that said, this guy's really good. And he yeah. just manhandled everybody. There, Another kid that we watched, Mark Manfred, mm-hmm. he uh, he went up against him. He was longer and, and a little bit leaner, but he was able to make some uh, – to make some plays because of his length, but Winston just bullied people and, mm-hmm. and he's a rising junior, yeah, which is ridiculous to me. So he's a sophomore in high school and he was able to do it. Don, there were several others out there, you know, Josiah Abdullah that, that I spoke with, you know, a slot Andre Harrison, who, and even though he's a 2026, you know, if you follow recruiting, you know who he is, you know? Yeah. It's just, um, it's interesting to see, 
how these guys work out. Let me ask a, a question that you mentioned earlier, and then we're going to get on to the top five here shortly. If I'm an uncommitted prospect, why would I not work out? Do you have offers? I have offers. Um, um, and I have a lot of offers, but why would I not work out? Is it purely well, to get an offer if I'm working no, out? No, I mean, it's – so the reason why you wouldn't is, you know, maybe you don't feel like you need to. You have nothing to prove. Maybe you feel like you only have something to lose from such a scenario, uh, which obviously is not, you know, good. Um, you know, but guys, if, if you feel that way, obviously you say, ah, oh, hey, I, I kind of tweaked my hamstring, don't want to – Heard it. That's the other thing. I mean, maybe, maybe, you know, like, um, this is the seven seven, but, um, a kid, I was really excited to look at, to get a look at, um, God snook from, um, where is his last name? Um, from, um, Mount Tabor high school, North Carolina is offered 2025. He actually hit his head. I'm trying to get, make sure I get his, I'm going blank. Um, he hit his head in like the second seven seven game. And, oh, um, Peter Kim from Mount Tabor High School. He's he's a four-star guy. North Carolina, a bunch of other schools have offered him. Uh, he kind of he hurt his hit his head in the second seven on seven, and UNC's trainers actually just said nope, no more. And they didn't think he had a concussion, but they're like, just in case we don't want you to get another one, which would be way worse. So there are situations like 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 the these obviously aren't games. And so if there's absolutely any, anything, you're not going to compete. Now, you know, there are some kids who just want to compete and that's awesome. So, um, you know, it's, yeah. So, I mean, I'm with you. I think you should go out there and compete even if you have the offers, but that if you don't, if you have the offers, there's really not a whole lot to gain other than maybe you, you can move up on, on that team's board or maybe someone else sees the video and you can move up and get some additional offers that you didn't have. But really it's more like I look at it as an opportunity to really test yourself and to improve your game. So it's actually, that would be the benefits I would think, you know, I would, well, and I'm an old man now, but I would absolutely compete. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't care who's offered or I don't care if I'm committed somewhere, I'm going to compete because I'm going to try to, put somebody in the dirt but that's just a mindset i understand it you know it's opting out is a thing these days and uh well, but for the most part we i think we had there was for the most part the kids who were there were competing i think yeah. there was like one or two that were on the sidelines but for the most part the kids who came were, were competing which was great to see yeah and i thought it was very um they competed you know like if you're a receiver or a defensive back and I mentioned this is, you know, quarterback accuracy matters and in these settings, but those guys were still competing. Yeah. Um, whether or not the ball was where it was supposed to be or not, they were competing. And, and like I said, I thought Winston was, he was one of the best I saw there. And so it was an interesting enlightening thing. And I also got to see Don Callahan in the wild doing his <laughs> thing. You know, you, there's not too many and shout out to Jeremiah and, and Jalen and uh, Haley for helping as well so yeah. it, was a, it was an interesting day yeah in no we Hill. couldn't have we we it's it's unfortunate that so much other stuff is going on because it kind of just got covered up you know the, the actual coverage but um our coverage was was unmatched i mean we had what 1500 word story yeah. on it we had photos we had video we have all this sort of stuff but it's so easy to forget because it was sandwiched between a massive 
official visit weekend and then you know a 2025 quarterback committing and what else whatever else has been going on for the past couple of days yeah and don callahan has been laying it out and putting it to everybody it's right there on tar pit premium message board just an absolute ton of content if you're able to join us on these shows live it's awesome we have fun with it and shout out to everybody that's been in here um but if you're not able you can check certainly if you're watching this later go to that message board and look at all the stuff and then there's even a video that i did with taylor vipless sandwiched in there uh, <laughs> discussing will the offense be better and a lot of stuff of course from jason staples anything left on before we get and no, i'm starving so this will be interesting. Yeah. okay now we move and shout out to the 90 plus folks that topped out here briefly and we're going to talk about food right now and uh i believe it was matt bunn said he can make the best burger on a blackstone well you can just send your address and we will certainly be there or you can meet us in the bowls lot with the blackstone in the fall and you can put up or shut up matt we need to try that burger <laughs> we want to have one of those burgers on off the blackstone top five fast food restaurants has to have a drive-through fast food restaurant meaning you don't have to wait you can sit in your car in a drive-through and get it don how are we going to do this so let's you go through we want to go through the submissions first and then we'll go to ours yep Ms. wanda hunter shake shack bojangles mcdonald's wendy's and jersey mike's jersey mike's does not have a drive-through Jersey Mike's is questionable. We were debating whether or not yeah. Subway was a thing, but we'll we'll let it stand for this moment. Mm -hmm. Shake Shack, I've only had once, and I don't remember it very yeah, much. Yeah, I don't. I've never Raleigh. had. I've never had Shake Shack. I don't. Bojangles. Think. Uh, I probably used to eat my weight in Bojangles every week, um, but as I've gotten older, the chicken does not agree with me. Um, even though I do love it, <laughs> it just doesn't. McDonald's is an old classic. McDonald's Southern Chicken Biscuit. The Southern Chicken Biscuit is on point for breakfast. Wendy's is always pretty good. And then Jersey Mike's has some good subs. What you think about that list, Don? Good, good. I mean, like I said, um, you know, I, I haven't had Shake's, Shake Shack. Um, I like Jersey Mike's, but and maybe we'll have a sandwich top five or something like that we can do. All right. Sean Crowley. Roy Rogers. Roy Rogers. Is that even a thing anymore? Isn't yeah. that basically Arby's? Old All school right. Geno's, Wendy's, Arby's, Wendy's. Wait a minute, man. I'm confused with your list. He Burger. likes Wendy's. I do like Arby's, though. I mean, and the Arby's around here is always empty. There's hardly anybody there. Yeah. Um, they used to have, and maybe they still do, a, and this is completely separate than what they typically serve, but a really good fish sandwich. Really? Yeah. I don't think I've ever had that. I used to burn up the the coupons would come and you could two can dine. So you mm -hmm. get two of everything for like five bucks times mm -hmm. of change. Pretty good list. Don't know about Geno's and I can't remember Roy Rogers. Uh, yeah. I'm blanking on Roy Rogers, even though I'm a little bit old. Preston. I'm going down the list. Pardon the uh, cookout. Come on, man. Taco Bell, Wendy's, Bojangles, and the drive through liquor store in Burlington. <laughs> That'll get me to Burlington. <laughs> that is uh there used to be a there, there's been um anybody that was in chapel hill back in the day remember fowler's had the gigantic walk-in cooler that everybody wants to do now um, but the drive-through 
liquor store is uh preston you might have the winning list right there buddy matt bun local fast food hot take char grill is overrated at least at wake forest i'll tell you why char grill yeah, i don't think i've had char grill well there's one here in town okay and i never go to it because it's kind of tucked off the road but the time i did went to it or did go to it um it was too expensive and this was back when food wasn't outrageous and if mm-hmm. i can go if i can go to cookout Oh yeah, and get and get a five dollar plate with a sandwich and usually my two bacon ranch wraps and a big sweet tea and it used to be five bucks. I think it's gone up about ten bucks now. Char Grill want to charge me, you know, ten dollars for that same meal? Then I, I'm not going there. The shakes are 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 solid. All right, Matt's got his uh, list right here. Not sure of the order. There's cookout. Chick-fil-A, Bojangles, Taco Bell, McDonald's. I will say Taco Bell has gotten better. The Taco Bell around here, or at least where I used to work, was extremely nasty. Well, so Taco Bell is one of those places where it depends on where you go. Yeah. You know, you can go We've to Taco Bell. we got terrible. Here, yeah. yeah. And now you order off the app, so you don't have to go in there. And uh, that's another thing we can talk about, app ordering. So I have, so I, I do it with Jersey Mike's. I don't do it with fast food. Have you had experience doing that? Yeah. Cause my son oh. is constantly ordering off the app and we just roll through and I say, uh, X, Y 74 and they know which order is mine. So do you go still go through the drive-thru? Yes. Okay. You can go through the drive-thru or you can pull into the slots. But uh, I'm going to bring it out. Yeah, unless the drive throughs wrapped around the building, I'll go through the drive through And you know Chick-fil-A. You know, Chick-fil-A is getting sneaky lately. So we were in California with Chick-fil-A, mm-hmm. and my better half did it here yesterday. You pull up to the window, and you get your food, and they're like, we made some extra shakes. Would you like a shake? Really? And they give you, like, a free shake. Whoa. And I was like, yeah, this is a marketing thing. You're trying <laughs> to get me addicted, so I'll circle back around and buy that shake. Um, but yeah, so two free Chick-fil-A shakes. They're a little too creamy for me, but they're very good. Okay. Taco Bell, I just, yeah, I agree with you. It depends on where you are. Slee Rat, Chick-fil-A. I don't know what that is. Is that Dario? Dairy Queen? That must be a, a location-specific place. Cookout again, Jimmy John's, J- Bojangles. Did, did, Jimmy John's doesn't have a drive-thru. We might have to go top five sub places. <laughs> we We do. Billy Collins, Arby's, Wendy's, Culver's. Culver's is here in town now. Um, My wife likes Culver's. Do make a good burger. And they do have those things they make, those twisty. They're not a Wendy's soft serve thing, but they're good, sweet things. McDonald's. Like I said, uh, Southern Chicken Biscuits are solid at McDonald's. Jeffrey Polly, Chick-fil-A, Cookout, Wendy's, McDonald's, Arby's. Uh, we already got that one. It's Showtime count. Yep. These are all the things I started. Um, Matt Bunn, there's your challenge. We're getting out of the list, but let's go. Tommy, have you seen the previews for Justified? I have not. I'm looking forward to it. Just for the record, Don said he did not like Justified. I did not like it. Nope. All right. Disappointed. Hey, I do need another. Well, we don't have a whole lot of time. So um, for podcast, I use, I've been using Stitcher for a few years. Apparently, Stitcher is no longer. So if anyone has any podcast platform ideas for me, please let me know. That's right, because you don't have an iPhone. Yes, that is actually, 
you know, Buck allows me to choose my phone. And he, this has been an argument, believe it or not, <laughs> a, a big argument and um, actually wants me to have an iPhone. But, and I did, I had an iPhone for like a few years and no, I prefer the Android, but yes. So wow. we, we can talk I just about like, that. I mean, I mean, really it kind of starts with the, um, the laptops and all that. If something happens with a PC laptop, I can fix it. My, my, there was a little thing that happened with my power supply unit. And if I would have had the same thing happen to an Apple, I would have taken it to the Apple store that would charge buck $500. Instead, for seven bucks, I bought the little part and fixed it myself. And there's, I mean, I've replaced the battery. I've done a bunch of different things. And if there's some sort of software issue, I mean, that is kind of like my background. So I can fix those things. I can fix software problems and all that sort of stuff on a PC. I can't do the same thing with a Mac. But, um, and then with the, with the iPhone, it's just, Android is just easier to deal with some of these sort of things. And it, they don't have so many rules and I don't know. And I do feel like, and I don't want to get into this debate, but, I feel like a lot of the things that people get on their iPhone, like, oh, wow, look at this. And I'm like, well, I've had that on my Android for the past two years. Oh, you know? my God. But I Man. know, I don't want to, this is a big debate. And the thing really is, is like iPhone became the cool thing. I don't so, want to talk to people with a green chat. If you don't, I saw um, they wouldn't let some kid or some player on some team. I saw it on sports center or something the other day one of the sports shows they refused to allow him in the team chat because it would make the chat bubbles green instead of blue and they yeah, wanted so to my, keep them blue my kids both have iphones and that's the other part like you can actually buy a really really cheap android if you want for very very cheap it's it and you can't don buy has green buttons you cannot <laughs> you cannot um, buy a cheap iphone you know, so if you don't want to get something expensive for your kids, you're kind of screwed with the iPhone. But my kids do have iPhones. And yes, I have, you know, there was one girl that they kind of kicked out of the uh, the team chat because it was causing problems when they were kind of messaging back and forth. But so listen, folks, I, I don't miss anything, Logan Bolton. I got you covered, man. So, Top um, five pals. Have you ever heard of that? I have not. So East Tennessee. Southwest Virginia chain. That's interesting. I'll ask my wife about that because she's from kind of sort of that area of Virginia. I don't think I've ever like been through that area a ton, obviously. Burger King, Cookout, McDonald's, Chick-fil-A. That was, so I went through, I remember, you know, um, Turner, Landon Turner. He's from Harrisonburg, Virginia. Mm -hmm. And I remember going up there for practice or whatever it was. And, you know, I got a hotel the night before and everything like that. And I leave my hotel to go get something to eat. And there's like nothing out there. And I'm thinking, you know, if someone kidnapped me and killed me. Nobody would ever find my body. No. You are like in the middle of nowhere. Did you see the dude? Uh, they found, and this is kind of morbid, but they found <laughs> some dude's body. that, And it wasn't in Virginia. It might have been out west somewhere. He went missing like three months ago. Hiking. And they found him, like found alive. His body. That's how it would no. That's uh, how it would be in a. That's how it would be in that part of Virginia, in, in Tennessee. Uh, one more, last one. Bun mentions Biscuitville. They're solid. Here's the problem with Biscuitville, especially here where I live. The line is always wrapped all the way to the street. Every morning, it doesn't matter when you go. And then if it's not wrapped around, they're closed. I'm well aware of JMU is in Harrisonburg, but there are, and that's basically the only thing in Harrisonburg. 
So oh, yeah, we, that's right. We did go there. We went through on our Gettysburg trip, our Virginia. How did you get there from there? Because I went to Virginia and then we went to Gettysburg and took like the long way around the whole thing and went to Blue Mountain Brewery and all. And we ended up going through Harrisburg because I saw JMU. Um, Maybe I was lost. Up 81? Probably. Yes. Um. Yeah. I mean, but there's you have JMU, but there's like nothing else outside of that campus. There's like nothing like they're recruiting their fertile recruiting grounds, Don. We need yeah. to get back. Uh, I believe Landon Turner's both of his, his stepfather and his mother actually were professors, I think at JMU. Interesting. Smart guy. Very fun guy. He has uh, been hilarious when we've had him on here and had him on inside Carolina lives. Awesome dude to talk to. Anyway, is that it? We done? What's our top five for next yeah, week? Yeah, we didn't give our top fives. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Tommy. Tommy doesn't have his written down. All right, so I struggled. I had a six, but I'm going to keep to the rules and just go five. So in reverse order, I'll go McDonald's. It's old, reliable. Everywhere you go, there is a McDonald's, and you know it's going to be... Basically the same. Yeah, basically the Do, same. Let me ask you this. Do you look at the menu in McDonald's? Are you one of those ones that stares at it? And now the McDonald's here has kiosks, so you don't even go. There's not even a person taking. Yeah, we your have. Order. Well, we have a kiosk. The, the drive-through is a kiosk. The well, they have a regular drive-through, but the okay. first question they ask is, "Did you order on the app?" Oh, wait, I didn't. I, I haven't experienced that. No, we have a kiosk inside. Yes. So we could do that. Yes. Yeah. So that no, that makes it a little bit easier. But um, no, I mean, I know, I try so. I used to be a big double quarter pounder or or a Big Mac. So Big Mac's obviously number one. The double quarter pounder, I believe, is number three. But, you know, I'm trying to work on my fitness. So I have scaled down to the um, spicy chicken sandwich. You know, I know it's not that much healthier, but it is a little bit healthier than, you know, a double quarter pounder. Um, But they do it. I think that one is like there's like an A, B or C or whatever. So. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, McDonald's is just so it's just old, reliable. You know, the fries are going to be good. The burger is going to be, you know what the burger is going to be. I, I feel like it, they make it so because they don't they don't have the smartest people that work there. So and they never mess it up for the most part. So um, they make like eighteen dollars an hour around here. I'd well, do that. Um, Wendy's like Wendy's, you know, fast food, but it's different. You know what I mean? Um, they feel like they put some love in it, you know, and I, I like their. Their chicken sandwiches too. Love their burgers. Also, the fact they went the square burger. You know, the fries what's the uh, what's the famous Wendy's line? Um, uh, our secret ingredient is our. Where's the beef, man? Oh, God, beef? you're young. God. You don't remember the old lady would say that all the time. Go ahead. All right, so Taco Bell. So Taco Bell right now is number three, but there are some times where I'm like, I want some Taco Bell. So. Um, love some Taco Bell. A lot of different choices. I'll make a Taco Bell. Bojangles number two for me. Uh, I don't have the the uh, the gargling issue that you do. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you call it. It's just a pain. It's like <laughs> a pain somewhere, like a bad pain. <laughs> um, but I uh, ate, yeah. a, I ate a, a ham and cheese biscuit, but, but I will yeah. not eat the chicken anymore. Uh, the Cajun chicken fillet is awesome. And then for me, number one, I don't think anyone had this. Zaxby's. I 
I nice. love some Zaxby's, you nice. know? And you know what, you know, most of the time, because you can go some places and get wings, and there are like the weakest wings. I'm talking about as far as like meat on the bone. I'm not talking about the flavor or whatever. Meat yeah, on the bone. Like, the it, was like ma- it was emaciated chicken. Yeah, mo- but most, most of the time, you know, uh, Zaxby's wings are, are they aren't the fa- they aren't the meatiest, but they are they are reliable and love the Zaxby's sauce. Love their I've been doing their burger or not the burger or their chicken sandwiches and they they're really good. And I love the fries. But anyway, so what's your five? All right, Popeyes number one. Popeyes chicken. It I've never had Popeyes, dude. I love it. It is so good. And when they have their flounder sandwich. I'm a big beach guy, right? And I go to Big Oak all the time in Atlantic Beach or Salter Path or wherever it is technically. And their flounder sandwich is unbelievable there. Popeye's uh, flounder sandwich, when they have it, on point. But the chicken is wonderful. Okay. Um, I'll go Chick-fil-A as well. You can't go wrong with Chick-fil-A. Number one with sweet tea and light ice. I love the fries. That's another place where it's like the line is just insane. Yeah, but it's so efficient. Man, if we could figure out how to make the world as efficient as the Chick-fil-A, there would be no traffic. There'd be nothing. I do like, you mentioned Zaxby's. I do like Zaxby's salad. Somebody mentioned it in there. Um, It was good, but it cleanses you out. That's that's perfect. (laughs) You know, that is exactly the point of fast food. Um, But the Zaxby's chicken sandwich was the thing. I'll go McDonald's simply because I like getting coffees there and I'll get my iced coffee and four and four and all that good stuff. And then, like I said, the chicken biscuits are good. I haven't had a McDonald's burger in a long, long, long time. What else did I say? I said, Popeyes. it seems like I like chicken places. Oh, Arby's. Arby's okay. is low key. My favorite. Love the fries. So you like, you like the roast sandwiches. beef sandwiches. Okay. The roast beef sandwiches. They got good French dips. Usually you can get some good coupons to go there. Um, so those are my five. And, you know, I'll go I, to Wendy's. Yeah, I need. I probably need to try some Popeyes. I don't think I've ever lived, like, close to a Popeyes, and that's probably the problem. If, if there was a Popeyes right here in town, I would weigh 400 pounds. <laughs> Luckily, it's not in town, so I have to drive a little bit to it, and so I don't go there a lot. But I love it, and it's crunchy, and it's good stuff. Anyway, we've gone over. We we we've, gone uh, over. We're going to have to pay a fine, an FCC fine, for going over our allotted hour. Spend the noon dish with Don Callahan. Covered the waterfront on the 2024 class. Uh, the recent commitments from North Carolina that they received since we last spoke. Ashton Woods, Lucas Asada, Zion Ferguson. Of course, there's a lot of announcements coming up this week. We'll be back on Wednesday, June the 5th to discuss it. we got to think of a top five. I don't know what we'll do. Um, top five. Well, it'll be right after 4th of July. Can we? Do we have a theme? Ice cream flavors. Okay. That's... Don't you eat don't don't you eat ice cream on Fourth of July? I always did. <laughs> I guess. What do you um, think of something? All right. I'll try to think of something. Okay. Doke. We're out. All right. See Appreciate you guys later. It. Yeah. Thank you for joining Noon Dish. Thank you for being on Inside Carolina. Thank you for being Inside Carolina Premium subscribers. If you are, if you are not, get in the game and join us up. And thank you to Johnny T shirt as always. Much appreciated, Mr. Callahan. I'll talk soon. Wake up, Don Callahan. This is a special edition of the Noon Dish at 8 o'clock at night on a Tuesday, January 27th.
I'm Tommy Ashley. That, of course, is the man of the moment, Mr. Don Callahan, putting in extra work tonight. Roughly 735, 2025 quarterback, four-star composite, Bryce Baker out of East Forsyth High School in Kernersville, North Carolina, commits to the Tar Heels. Don, seems like a pretty big deal. We've talked about the 2024 class over and over and over again. We'll talk about it tomorrow on our regularly scheduled show. But North Carolina starts out their 2025 class with a bang with Bryce Baker. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, I mean, just to start the class with a quarterback, a four-star guy, an in-state guy, and to start it this soon, you know, get him committed this soon is is pretty significant. You look at what UNC ha- kind of had to deal with last class and trying to find a quarterback you know they they started off well a lot of this had to do with the change at, at offensive coordinator slash quarterback coach but you know had a group of of quarterbacks you were recruiting then that changed when once chip Lindsay came in kind of waited it out with those guys played with those guys you know um there was a lot of visits and everything like that and ultimately kind of got left without a quarterback had to go back to the drawing board during the spring evaluation period, finally found one that they're really happy with. But, you know, the one thing that Michael Murdinger, who ended up committing to North Carolina um, and being the quarterback for the 2024 class, mentioned to me was he's like, hey, I wish I could have committed a lot sooner to North Carolina because I would, would have loved to have been a bigger impact on this class and helping recruit for it. Bryce Baker is going to have that opportunity from the jump. And we have a Q&A up on the site with him and he mentions I'm talking about Bryce Baker mentions um that that that's something that he definitely is going to be a, a part of uh all about you know is recruiting for the 2025 class for North Carolina it's interesting you know everybody fretted um and, and maybe rightfully so um with Phil Longo leaving um he sort of took some prospects and commits that way with him um, with Drake, Drake Mays, uh, assuming it's Drake Mays last season in North Carolina, it virtually has to be um, if it goes as expected. But you have you mentioned Merdinger, now you have Baker. Just sort of speak to what the skill set of Bryce Baker. Now, he's a rising junior yeah. in high school, so he's got a lot of room for growth, but he's also already 6'3", 185 pounds-ish. Um, so the frame to carry more, I'm sure – what is his skill set now? How do you see him sort of ev- uh, evolving and getting better over the next couple of years? Well, I'm glad you mentioned and I kind of reminded everybody that this is a kid who has yet to play his junior season of high school football. He has two years of high school football left. So clearly he has a lot of growing that he can do in those two years. But, you know, I'll tell you, when I went by his high school, which was at the time Walkertown High School. He has since transferred to East Foresight, which is an in-state football powerhouse. Um, obviously moved there because he wanted a better opportunity to kind of compete for a state championship. But anyway, um, I was actually kind of, I don't, wanna, I don't know if surprise is the right word, but um, I mean, I, I'll, I'll go with surprise for lack of a better word. When I saw him in person, you know, because he's listed what you said, listed uh, 6'3", 185 pounds. And a lot of times, you know, we have this saying, you know, you knock two inches, you you knock 10 pounds off, and that's typically what you end up seeing. But when I went by his school and saw him in person, he's he's at least 6'2", and he uh, pr- probably is 6'3", and a very impressive looking. And then at camp at North Carolina earlier this month, you know, he's 
filling out really well. You know, you could tell he spends a ton of time in the weight room. You know, a really good physique for his age. But um, even with his lack of experience, he's only played one full season of varsity, of varsity football. Let's say one and a half because he played about half of his uh, freshman year. And, you know, that was kind of on a, on a rough team. I think they only won a couple of games that year. But um, even with all of that, I mean, he's, he definitely, the tools are definitely there. You know, throws, I mentioned this earlier to you, throws darts. And the thing, too, that I want to throw in there, just about just, and this kind of speaks, I think, to just his ceiling, is that both his former and his current high school coaches mentioned just how smart of a player he is and how he's a guy who definitely takes a lot of time to work on his craft in the classroom, meaning you're studying film and that sort of thing. And that's obviously... You know, two more years of of learning the game and learning offenses and that sort of thing is only going to help him before he arrives in North Carolina. Yes, yeah, interesting. Twenty twenty three has just graduated, so again, we're talking about a guy, yeah, uh, that's roughly two years out of being at North Carolina. Um, but if you're six three, one eighty five or so already, as I guess a fifteen sixteen year old, um, you're certainly going to fill out and get a lot bigger. And better, Don. You mentioned his. Uh, you sort of mentioned his personality, and you and I have talked about him before we got on here. Uh, his personality is one of a type of a guy you want to be the lead of your yeah. recruiting class. Just sort of speak to that. You talk to him. There's an in-depth Q and A on the message boards or on Inside Carolina. And folks, if you happen to be watching this and you're not a member of the Premium Board, this is the time <laughs> to get in. It's all over it. But Don, just sort of talk yeah, to not, us and about not just that. for not just for this. I mean, we have a bunch of UNC targets, and we won't talk about 2024. 2024. We'll talk about that tomorrow during the normal normal uh, noon dish. But we have a bunch of announcements coming up, and a bunch of scoop was posted today about those coming up. So definitely, you need to get subscribing. But to answer your question, just look at the Q and A. I mean, his questions. It's not the generic. UNC was the best um, combination of athletics and academics. You know, his his answers were clearly thought out. He laid out just an interaction with Drake May. I'm not going to go into details because I want people to read it, but an interaction with Drake May that really kind of hit home is very, very specific. He was specific on what he was looking for and kind of laid that out and, and really thorough on just, you know, what's going on with recruiting and how that kind of impacted him. Another kind of example is, and I just saw it as soon as I was hopping on here, in addition to the typical uh, commitment edit slash graphic that kids tweet out, he posted, I guess, kind of like, you know, him talking, you know, explaining just kind of the, you know, what's going on with him and, and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, he's definitely like, he's like a guy who I don't know what his, most of his situation at, at, at uh, high school is, although I know he's a very good student, but it wouldn't surprise me to find out he's like a class president sort of thing. Cause he just has that sort of, you know, aura about him and he speaks so well and it's so thought out and it's just not, it's not generic stuff. It's like legitimate thoughts and that, and that sort of thing, which, which obviously is, is only going to help him in his uh, career. Yeah. Just looking at it and reading the Q and a definitely um, seems wise beyond his years. We'll see um, how he continues to grow and all. Let's go to the chat. And we're talking with Don Callahan here on a special edition of noon dish 2025. We got 69 people in there. I know on a Tuesday night on a pop-up, it's just like 
we walked up, we rolled out of the car, set up the mic stand, set up the speakers, and people showed up. It's because of you, man. Look, you even wore, wore a jacket for the, for the we occasion. Got, you know, this is a spur of the moment thing, so we gotta we gotta get spicy with it. You know? Yeah, you know, I go full outcast, you go full <laughs> uh, sport coat. So yeah, two different two different places, lots in life going on here. But Don, let's take some questions from the chat, and I'm gonna go to. Um, Preston from Greensboro, and of course, shout out to everybody just in here. A lot of regulars, a couple new names, so we appreciate everybody joining. Preston from Greensboro. Now, this is a doozy of a question, and that's why I'm going to start with it. How does he compare to Drake May as a yeah, junior? Yeah, I mean, let's be fair a little bit. Yeah, uh, that, I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's fair to compare anyone to Drake May. You know, um, those who were inside Carolina subscribers back when he was going through his process. I mean, Drake was a kid who I went to Myers park high school shortly after he transferred from Huff, which I guess there is one good comparison. They both started out somewhere and transferred to another school for, for, you know, although for Drake, I mean, Huff is, is kind of a Charlotte. Well, Huff is a powerhouse and, and the same thing at that time with Myers park. But, um, but yeah, I mean, and from the jump, I mean, Drake, he's was just on a different level. And so it's it's not it's not fair to compare anyone to Drake to be completely honest. Um, but you know, um, there definitely are some comparisons. You know, the one other thing is is Bryce actually had some basketball scholarships, and I believe Drake also did. Nothing big, you know. I don't. Um, I should have probably asked him. I don't believe he intends on playing two sports in in college, um, but. Um, it just kind of speaks to the level of athleticism that he has. Same thing with Drake, who was a great basketball player at uh, Myers Park High School. But beyond that, I mean, it's just Drake, you know, he was trained by his dad from a very young age to play specifically play the quarterback position and had older brothers who are big time athletes, big time recruits in, in different sports. So it's just it's it's tough to compare those two. Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, the thing about it is, is Carolina had, and Mac Brown specifically, when he came back, he had Sam Howe. He had Drake May. Um, so he basically struck it rich right out of the gate. I mean, you could not – I would wager that there's not a coach in the country that wouldn't take those two guys as their first two quarterbacks in their stint at a university. And now you have a recruiting process with Chip Lindsey in there and so, Don, let's sort of talk about that a little bit. A couple of people in the chat, uh, John Sink says, what happens with Tad Hudson now? I'll just chime in with my two cents. You recruit a quarterback every class. Yeah. And you, and you have to. And mm -hmm. the portal is a real thing and all that good stuff. But let's talk about that. This is a guy, Baker is a guy that, like I mentioned, is two years away. Mm -hmm. Unless he reclasses to 24, we're not even going there. <laughs> but he's two years away. So – Quarterback recruiting is set and commitments are set, but what happens to the guys underneath him or a year ahead of him, should I say, um, as they get ready? Uh, Tad Hudson, you know, already a part of the North Carolina program, Merdinger will be before Baker gets here. What do you see and how do you see that shaking out? I think it's good to have so, as many birds in the hand. This is kind of, well, this is kind of what we deal with. It's like you, as soon as we move to the next class, the prior class is completely forgotten. You know, and, and it's crazy because the fans are all going nuts over that class when that was happening. But now it's completely forgotten and we're on to the next class. And so I, I think Tad Hudson is has tremendous talent. I mean, he has 
some of the best arm talent, pure arm talent you'll find, you know, in a, in a quarterback, just, just effortlessly strong arm. Um, you know, a kid who, you know, he, he played in the Carolina stars, you know, he played at Huff high school. We mentioned them, you know, a, a Charlotte powerhouse that, um, you know, he took them deep into the playoffs multiple times, played a very tough schedule. So he is, a, he has a lot of talent and really, and then I, I, I like your kind of comment also, I mean, if Drake may leaves, like everyone expects after this season, you know, the competition is going to be there among, you know, Tad's going to be in that competition along with Connor Harrell and, and Merdinger and all that. What, um, your thoughts on just what things look like, like with that? Well, my thing is, is the best guys play. And the bottom line is, um, and, and this is what's different. And it may not be different. It may just be because we cover them and talk to them all the time. So it may go on at other places. Guys are going to play if they can play. If they're good yeah. enough to play, they will play. Yeah. Mac Brown is not going to sit around. And Taylor Vipolis said this on the thing we did with the offense. Mac Brown's not going to stash somebody that's really good that could help them win now. It just doesn't yeah. work that way. And the cool thing about it is, is that the portal is available. And I'm not saying portal for anybody. I'm just, you know, talking in general. If you want to play and you're in a situation where you're not going to play, whether your name is Tommy Ashley or Don Callahan or, you know, Michael Jordan, you can go somewhere else. And Mac's yeah. shown um, that he is willing and able to help people find landing spots. So the thing is, is that it'll all shake out. You know, I'm yeah. interested. I, here's what I want to see, Don. And you've seen a lot of tape on this, guys. And, and we'll talk about Baker specifically. But I want to see these guys play – a in person, Merdinger mm -hmm. will be tough since he's down in Florida, or though they are playing Cardinal Gibbons up here at some point, um, or at least playing them. I want to see him in tape. So how does Baker look? People are asking for comparisons for Baker already. Do do you have one? Have you seen him recruit and sort of been able to compare him? Say, oh, he looks like such and such. Somebody mentioned C.J. Stroud. I mean, C.J. Stroud yeah. was one of the best college quarterbacks. <laughs> in, in, yeah, um, I, you know, I need to see more. I mean, I the the talent is definitely there. the The size is there. The arm is there for me to like it. But I need to see more. I need and I need to see it in person. To be honest, you know, I'm a you know, a big in-person guy, especially with the quarterback position. There's a lot. Of, I mean, you throw on any quarterback highlights, and you're gonna see a bunch of bunch of fly routes, and the quarterback just kind of throwing it. You know, and and landing in the receiver's hands, receiver scoring a touchdown. I mean, you're gonna see like like ten of those. You, you need to see it in person. You need to see some of the warm up stuff. You need to see how they interact, all that sort of stuff. It, it yeah, I, I I struggle with a um, comparison at this point, and. Yeah, CJ Stroud. That's that's a tough one to, you know, to make this early. <laughs> and then somebody asked, uh, "How is the mobility? How is Baker's mobility?" That is something you can tell. You can also tell the athleticism simply if you go just along on the basketball side of things alone. So, I think North Carolina is getting a guy here that who again has a ton of room to grow and grow up and mature, but has the foundation to be really good and, and is already considered to be really good. Don, anything else on Baker specifically? Um, because I do have a couple follow-up questions related to that. No, no, <laughs> nothing specific. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. We covered a lot. I don't know. Um, it's amazing I, I'm willing to go in a, in a different direction. 
I don't want to go in a different direction because I want folks to pay attention to us um, at noon tomorrow as we talk more about the yeah. 2024s. But I'll, I'll give – here's what I've learned this weekend. And okay. I – for folks that don't know, I went with to Showtime Camp with Don Callahan. And a couple of things I learned there. One, Don is a celebrity. Oh, no. Two – <laughs> um, young guys and young recruits are really concerned about where stuff's going to show up on social media. I mean, they're right there. They're like, what's your social? I, I haven't had anybody ask me what my social media is or my Twitter, or my IG or my snap in, in a long, long time. And they're all interesting. Um, but, but what I learned watching the players and it was 25s and 26s there and Don, and I mentioned this to you is I watched the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And there were some decent quarterbacks there. Baker was not one of them. But you're right. If you're good, you can play. But in that setting, I think it puts a lot of pressure on young men to perform really well. How much camp time in that type setting matters to coaches in their recruiting versus film, versus seeing them in, in games, uh, you know, their actual team games? Film is most important, but there are certain things you cannot see on film, particularly velocity. And then also in a camp setting, you can have them throw specific routes to kind of see, because obviously depending on the system, the offensive system, there's certain routes that are used more frequently than other routes, depending on the system. And so you can kind of put that quarterback through those routes to see how he responds. You can do a lot of other things. One of the things that um, I know Chip Lindsay actually does also, and this is this is not spe- in a specific camp setting, but while a kid is on campus, he likes to bring them into his office and quote unquote put them on the board and have them you know draw up some different things and get into their minds and that sort of stuff. So obviously, you know, I don't know the one thing you didn't know if if you noticed or not, but when you go to these camps even though there's only one quarterback on the field at all times in a football game, it usually is one of the larger groups, if not the largest group of every single camp. I mean, there was a lot of quarterbacks there. Way mm-hmm. more quarter. There were a lot of receivers, though. That The receivers was the largest group at the Showtime camp. But it's very, very common to go there and have three times more quarterbacks than you have offensive linemen, even though five offensive linemen play in a football game. But anyway, so... Chip Lindsay's not bringing all those all 20 quarterbacks up to his room and having them, you know, right on the chalkboard. But, you know, when Baker went by, because he actually camped earlier in the month, they definitely went up to uh, to um, Lindsay's room and did some chalk talk and going over some things. And then you can get a little bit into the inside of stuff. It, it's very accumulative. I'm, I mean, film is the most important part. But the quarterback, as we know, is the most important position. So you have to kind of really do your due diligence and you have to look at a lot of other things. And it's not just, you know, the, the under, if he understands things, it's not just his velocity. It's not just his film. It's also, do you mesh? That's important too. What type of worker is he? You know, Phil Longo stressed, he wanted guys who would go, wanted guys like Sam Howell, who would go into the film room on his own and spend a lot of time in the um, in the film room. Those sort of things you can kind of sort of kind of pick up by just spending time with a kid, talking to a kid, talking to his coaches, that sort of stuff. So there's a it's it's like an all encompassing sort of thing that you have to do when you evaluate this these quarterbacks. So 
we're what? Well, I mean, he hadn't had a season yet, but we're eight months or six months, seven months into the Chip Lindsey era at North Carolina. What have you picked up as far as specifically quarterback recruiting, um, watching Chip Lindsey? That's maybe different from Longo. So I don't know if it's necessarily different, um, but the one thing, and this is in the Q&A, and I'll give it away a little bit, Q&A with Bryce Baker, is Baker mentioned, I asked him about his relationship with Coach um, Lindsey and how that impacted his decision. And he said, you know, when I asked uh, Coach Lindsey, you know, we were just kind of talking. He he didn't really emphasize so much his resume and who he's put into the NFL and who, you know, all of the knowledge that he has and that sort of thing. He really talked about how important it was. Oh, that's right. The question that that Baker said that he posed to Lindsey was what separates you from other quarterback coaches? And Lindsey didn't talk about the resume and all that. He talked about the fact that he has good good relationships with his quarterbacks. And that kind of resonated with um, with Bryce. And so you can tell if we go back to the 2024 class, even though UNC didn't get those targets that he initially targeted. And some of that was just the fact that UNC was kind of sort of late to the game. If you're looking at Bryce Baker committing, you know, in June, you know, um, to get involved with a kid in January, you know, it's pretty tough. But despite all that, the first, you know, the two, his two main targets were um, um, Merlinker and um, now I'm forgetting the kid commit to Arizona, um, to Arkansas. Um, but anyway, he was able to get those two kids to make North Carolina their first visit after the holiday dead period, which kind of speaks to just their relationship with Chip Lindsay because, you know, North Carolina wasn't recruiting them before. And so um, that's pretty significant. So I think it just kind of talks about just how he's able to resonate with these uh, these recruits. And obviously it made an impact with Bryce Baker to get him to commit so quickly. Yeah, Jackson's the other kid that went to Arkansas. I believe. You said uh, Casey. KJ oh, Jackson or something. KJ, anyway. KJ Jackson. That's right. That's right. It is KJ Jackson. I try to get names right. I'm not great all the time. Shout out to Slagle for posting um, half right name <laughs> down there. Um, last question for you, Don, before we get out of here, because like I said, we've got a big show tomorrow. Just a ton of we stuff do. to talk about. Um, but keeping it on the quarterbacks, Drake May. Mm-hmm. It, it is nice to have an elite quarterback on your roster that does it day in and day out on the field. How big of an impact is it to have a guy like Drake May and even Sam Howell um, not only performing and showing what a quarterback can do at North Carolina, uh, but being a part of the recruiting process, talking to people. You don't have to give away because the Q&A is fabulous. Yeah, 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 he touches on that. So I won't give away that part of it. But, you know, I mean, it's – Drake May is a national name, you know, and that's only going to help, you know. I mean, real quick, Tommy, who's NC State's quarterback? The lefty from uh, Virginia. Armstrong, I suppose. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> I follow this stuff, man. I yeah, know a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, you know, Drake May, I mean, as weird as it sounds, my my daughter's friends are like, oh, my God, you know Drake May? Do you have his phone number? And so, I mean, and these are girls who, I don't know, I imagine they don't watch a whole lot of college football, but Drake May is a name, you know, is a national name, and that is only going to help. Now, a kid's not going to choose North Carolina because Drake May went there, but it definitely helps. 
And and then when you say, okay, Drake May went here, well, well, guess what? You know that guy who's uh, quarterbacking for the Washington Commanders. I can't, I can't, I have a hard time with that. It's Commanders, man. Move I, on. No, I, I can't. <laughs> anyway, um, he also went to North Carolina and was here underneath Coach Brown. You know, so you know it, it definitely helps with um, with with recruits, quarterback recruiting. But like I said, it's not like a you know you're going to pull in all these kids because of it, but it definitely helps. Yeah, and it helps to have a good one. Bryce Baker, 2025, first member of that class. Don and I will be back tomorrow noon in our regularly scheduled spot on Wednesdays. We were on Thursdays a couple of times, and then I was on We vacation. have over 100, 113. I know. It's, fab- it's fascinating how folks come to check you out. So we'll, um, have to do, we'll have to do some of these. We won't do them for every single commit, but for the bigger ones, we, we definitely need to do those do these more often, I think. Yeah, I tell you, I, I will say this. Inside Carolina fans and message board folks are awesome because they will drop everything to pop on and join Inside Carolina Live. We've had thousands on these before, um, and here we are talking about Wait, a 2025 recruit. The 20, top five for tomorrow is? Top five for tomorrow is. We need help Fast trying food. to figure that out. Fast it's, food joints. Yes. Fast food. has to. We, we're going to have to have rules. Has to have a, usually have a drive through what does usually mean? It has to like have a drive-through. Well, like sub some subways have drive-throughs. I don't think that's fast food. I get it. Uh, it needs to be. It needs to regularly have a drive-through. Okay. Well, we'll we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. We'll, top five fast food joints. Join us for that. Join us for a ton of information on 2024. Don is look. I'm looking at the Tar Pit Premium message boards right now, folks. Breaking Bryce Baker news. This show. Key questions that Taylor Vipolis and I did. Weekly scoop, Don's mock 2.0 class. Commitment Q&A, all the scoop and all the dish and all the cheese made on Bryce Baker. And then, of course, always the Ask Recruiting Expert, Don. And then you flip over to the basketball side, and it's the same way. So folks need to get involved on the Inside Carolina Premium Boards. Get involved on the message boards. Fun place to be. There is no off-season, for sure, for sure, for sure. That's Don Callahan. That's Don Callahan. I almost called you Donna. I think it's because you put hair gel. What's that? I thought it was because you put put hair gel in your hair before we started. So I said Donna. My bad. (laughs) that's don callahan i'm tommy ashley no hair gel needed this has been the noon dish at night we'll be back tomorrow at noon check out johnny t-shirt johnny t-shirt.com as always folks rate us review us subscribe all the good things all the good stuffs and we'll be back to see you tomorrow thanks everyone What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ, Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bad. Do average 29 and 11. God, shit. What'd it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.